Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And everybody, we have a good one for you today because me and Lindsay finally made it to the Velisca Axe Murder House. That's right. And we had some really interesting stuff happen that we're very excited to share with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We even brought a Ouija board some yeah. new equipment it did get a little bit crazy so this is going to be an entire episode just about our visit to the Velisca axe murder house All right, so if you're not familiar with the Velisca Axe Murder House, I definitely recommend that you go back and you listen to episode three of our show because we get into the history in a lot of detail, including who the primary suspect was, what all happened there, because it's actually pretty horrible. And honestly, that was one of the creepiest things about being in this place is knowing that eight people were murdered in this small house, you know, kind of in a very small town. Absolutely. When we first walked in, that's really all I could think about was just, you know, the, the horrible situation that occurred there. I know. So a little bit of backstory. If you haven't listened to our Velisca Axe Murder House, this house is located in Velisca, Iowa. And in the early 1900s, there was one of the worst crimes that honestly, you know, I've ever heard of. I mean, there's a lot of crime, obviously, but this entire family was murdered in the middle of the night by somebody with an axe and it was the Moore family. So it was their four children, the mother, the father, and then two uh, neighbor kids that were actually just happened to be staying the night and really unlucky to be there. And they suspect that the murderer was actually hiding in this attic space. And when we were there, one of the things that creeped me out about this attic space is it's pretty small. Like you have to lean down in there, but it also has the windows that remind me of the Amityville Horror House. Yes, definitely. And they think that is where the murderer was staying and he waited for the whole family to fall asleep, came out, murdered the whole family with an ax, hung around, like made himself a meal, left. The next morning, the neighbor realized that the family wasn't up, you know, called a family member. They went in, discovered the bodies. And unfortunately, they never solved the case. Nobody was ever convicted of this murder. There were several suspects, one of which was actually put on trial, but was actually acquitted for it. So it's not only just a horrible, gruesome crime, but an unsolved mystery, too. Yeah, it's it's really scary to think about. the re and, and when you're there, you think of the reality of, oh, my gosh, you know, this actually happened to people. It's not just a story, right? It's real. Very scary. Yes, very scary. So when we went there, we went there, me and Lindsay, our other sister, Jenny, our mom. So we kept it very close family. And then we have two friends 
that we've kind of been keeping in our inner circle of social distancing um, with the whole COVID situation that we felt comfortable going with. So originally we had planned on doing a live feed for everybody and we were super stoked about it. We had all kinds of plans for different camera angles, different (laughs) things that we wanted to do to try to stir up these ghosts and get some activity for you all on camera. Unfortunately, it did not work out. So here's what basically happened. So their website states that you can take video, you can share all this stuff. Like it seems like they're pretty open to that. Literally on their website, it says we encourage you to share your video and photos. Yeah, at least it did at the time. Maybe they changed it since. They might have changed it. Well, we were not the only ones that had planned a live feed. There actually was going to be another podcast that just happened to have planned another live feed. I think it was the day after we were going there. Yeah. And theirs kind of blew up a little bit. Like there was a ton of people, like thousands, tens of thousands of people were planning on attending their Velisca Axe Murder House live feed, which was awesome for them. But unfortunately, I think that one kind of caught their eye and they decided to change their policy on the live feed. I don't think our little live feed would have stirred anything up, but because they had to shut down the bigger one, they also had to enforce that with us as well. So just FYI, we didn't choose that. We had a lot of great plans. We were actually super disappointed. And when we went to the house actually and arrived, you know, everybody that goes there, not just us, has to sign like a form, an agreement, essentially, like you're not going to wreck this place, that kind of thing. But there's also a line on there that says, you know, any video or pictures you take, you cannot earn money is I'm not quoting it exactly, but something yeah, like something that. Something like that. Yeah. And here's what I will say. Um, we are a tiny podcast. We are not earning any money at this point. So we will be sharing pictures and video with all of our listeners as we do not earn money on that. And we're going to post it on YouTube. Lindsay's kind of making like a compilation of different things that we experienced while we were there. And I hope you all enjoy it because we did catch some stuff. Yeah, I we have a lot more video than what I created, but I wanted to give you kind of just a short compilation of what I felt were the most interesting things that we came across um, rather than give you guys like tons and tons of footage. And on the note, you know, of us, what Lisa said, you know, we are a small podcast. We're not making any money. This is really a personal hobby that we have right now. So I'm not too worried about breaching that contract. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's a personal hobby. So it's a personal video that we're sharing with all of our friends and listeners. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. So when we did arrive, we signed that form and where we signed it is in the barn directly next to the house. And it's, you know, it's a place, it's actually pretty big. It's way bigger than I thought it was going to be. It has like a small fridge in there. It has, you know, some pictures of the family. It's almost like a museum, little tiny Mm -hmm. museum in this barn area. But that's also where they go. You know, people will go in for the daily tours and and that kind of thing too, right? So while you stay the night there, you get access to this barn and there is a bathroom in there with running water, 
very comfortable, a good place to kind of like leave the house to go eat food or, you know, have some cocktails, that kind of thing. Or if you just want to like get out <laughs> for a right. little while and you need and, a reprieve. And this is a good update from our previous episode because I know we were kind of talking about what is the bathroom situation there. And this is very close. So this barn is not far from the house. It's literally just a few yards away. Yeah. There's a little path and it's it's a very quick stop if you need to go use the restroom. It is. Now we got there, we talked to the the tour guide. She was very friendly and nice went into the house and she basically asked us, do you want the tour? Cause I'm gonna assume a lot of people probably already know what happened. And of course being us, we're like, yeah, I would like to hear what you <laughs> got to say about it. Like, obviously I know all about it, but please tell us. I think she actually asked like, do you guys know what happened here? And I go, I do, but I want to hear your version. <laughs> <laughs> right. So she gave us her, her spiel. Um, and honestly, there was really nothing different in her spiel than was in our episode. I thought our episode actually covered it in a lot more detail, but she was nice. She gave us, you know, accurate information, um, talked about the different rooms in the house. And, you know, one thing I thought was interesting is, you know, Jenny, who's our older sister, she's not really into the ghost stuff, but she was into going here with us. And she said, what about the upstairs? What's up there? And she said, well, I don't go up there that upstairs area really freaks me out and my mom kept asking her things like well what have you experienced here and in fact remember right when we walked in the house there's like this old school refrigerator almost like it would be back in the day yes and it was a little bit ajar and the tour guide unlocks the door walks in and goes well it wasn't like that when I locked it earlier so already I knew it was a good sign. I thought, oh, we're going to get something. No kidding. And I went and tested that little fridge door. Like it latches shut. And she said she had latched it before she left. Like this isn't something that just swings open on its own. Right. And so we were asking her, you know, what experiences have people had here, that kind of thing, trying to get the scoop. And she was saying that there was a group of girls that were there the weekend before us, and they were doing all kinds of stuff to try to, you know, provoke the killer that's supposed to be haunting this place. And apparently at about like 1030 at night, they had said something that really pissed the killer off. And they heard like a loud growling noise and a huge like bang coming from the upstairs near the attic. They ran out of the house and slept in their cars. They wouldn't even go back in. I hear you. Well, that's the provoking situation. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you provoke, you very well could get some um, interesting encounters with maybe the bad guy that lives there. Yeah, absolutely. So the tour guide leaves. We kind of have the run of the place. We start you know, looking around the house on our own. We're setting up lanterns because we know it's going to get dark relatively soon. Um, so we're getting prepared for that. And we go upstairs for the first time because the tour guide didn't take us up there. And we were just kind of looking around. And by the way, there are balls and stuff and toys all over this place because everybody who goes there knows the little kid ghosts like to play with different toys. And so people just kind of leave them there. Well, I'm walking into the bedroom and all of a sudden this ball comes rolling out of the little kid's closet 
into the middle of the bedroom floor and me and my mom were the only ones that saw it but we were like oh my gosh like and we mm-hmm. were testing the floor like is it severely slanted like what on earth happened here and i mean this happened five minutes into that that tour guide leaving absolutely we tried to recreate it so when this happened i was just leaving the attic so to give you guys some perspective you'd think that the attic is going to be maybe even a level above that second floor where the parents and the four kids were sleeping but it is on like the same level it's just an unfinished extra room that has like a really short door that you have to go through so it's not really what i expected and in fact it was a lot smaller than i expected so i was kind of you know, walking out of that attic and we even recreated thought maybe, maybe the floor when I stepped on it caused some sort of a slant and it caused the ball to move and we couldn't recreate any of that. We couldn't make sense of it. No, but it was, it was shocking, honestly. Like I was stunned that that actually happened. Um, and excited at the same time, like, oh my gosh, we're going like, to see something. We're in for an interesting evening. We already had co- two things immediately off the bat happen. Yep, exactly. So one of the things that we did next, you know, we were kind of hanging out. We um, got pizza from a local place, ate it out there, go back into the house and we start to investigate. So some of the things that we brought, we brought some K2 meters an EMF detector, but we also brought this really cool dog toy that is built for ghost hunting. And we actually brought it up in our episode of uh, the Rolling Hills Asylum, which is where we got the idea for it. And my mom ended up buying it because we thought, oh, this is going to be perfect. There's little kid ghosts here. They're going to want to play with this thing. Lindsay, why don't you explain how this works? Yeah, so it's ultimately like a stuffed animal dog. And in fact, if you go to our website, um, we will link a copy of the video that's attached to our YouTube page. So you'll be able to see a clip of the dog. And and what it is, is this company has rigged it up so that it, it reacts to touch or being very close. And I'm talking like you need to be probably under a centimeter away in order for this to go off. It doesn't just go off. We've tested it multiple times. You have to like actually pet the dog or get within several millimeters of the dog without touching it for it to go off. So this collar, um, you can set it to either alarm or to play music when somebody's touching it. So it's kind of just another way for us to test besides a K2 or EMF, you know, testing those electromagnetic fields is great, but we thought maybe we could get maybe the little kid go to react to this stuffed animal right and so one of the first things we did actually is we had set up a camera in the little kids room upstairs because there's supposed to be a lot of activity there and that's actually where we saw the ball come rolling out of the closet and that same closet door apparently will open and close quite a bit on its own so we decided to set up like a little trifecta in front of that that closet door we were hoping to get maybe activity from the dog lighting up maybe a ball rolling so we set a ball up in front of the camera the dog and then we left the closet door open in hopes that it might shut or you know open further and we set a camera up there and we ran it unfortunately we did not catch anything but we were running that thing 
almost all night trying to get something to happen in there. Um, And we sat up there and we asked questions and stuff like that. My mom was up there with me for quite some time and we just could not get much activity in that room after that first incident. And then what we did after that, all of a sudden me and my mom are sitting in that room and we heard you and our friends in the attic and you guys were actually getting some activity. So then we left the camera up with the dog and the ball in the closet and we all went into the attic to see what was going on. Yeah, so we all decided to go into the attic and we were just kind of sitting around in a circle, you know, just listening to noises and trying to get some sort of reaction with us. We had our one of our K2 meters and then we also had an EMF detector which measures like temperature and it also will beep if it, you know, hits, you know, goes above average, above normal, right? And we literally just set these things on the floor. We weren't touching them. We made sure that our cell phones were not going to set them off. And we were getting responses at some point too. I, I can't tell you that they were responding to questions, but we got hits on these meters basically to me indicating that there was possibly something there. Now, the other thing, we were all sitting around and our friend Megan, who is with us, heard a breath right behind her. So, it, and there was no one there. So immediately she goes, I just heard a breath. You know, we all sat there quietly try to get more responses so it was like a kind of a a noise which is very creepy very reminiscent of some super crazy killer guy hiding in the attic yeah no doubt but it was definitely going off because when I joined you guys it was still still going um and like you said I didn't you know, it's hard to say if it was responding to questions specifically, mm-hmm. but I mean, we went in that attic numerous times with that meter without anything going off. There's no electricity in the house right. also. So aside from our own personal devices, and it was far enough away, we we were pretty mindful about trying to keep our cell phones away and, and that kind of thing. It was still going off, which to me represents something was something was definitely there absolutely that kind of behavior is not normal you just don't get that kind of stuff to go off especially if you've got it just sitting still and you are mindful of any sort of electronic devices being around it and we were yeah so it's really odd we had a lot of emf and k2 activity throughout the evening the whole night we had a lot of different hits on that stuff we really did and so you know, we stayed up there for a while. Then we eventually worked our way back downstairs into kind of the main living room, where's where we were all really hanging out a lot of the time. And we always had our K2 set up. We had our EMF meter set up. And those did start to have some activity down there. Absolutely. And we have some video of that. So if you go check out our video towards the beginning, you'll see some of those questions. I mean, it's kind of funny. We we don't take ourselves super seriously, even when ghost hunting. And we definitely had some spirits, I think, setting those things off. No doubt. And one of the really cool things about the video, because I didn't see this until recently, Lindsay, when you had started editing it and you sent me some clips, our friend Megan and Melissa, who was there with us as well, they caught some orbs on the camera. And You know, here's what I'm going to say about orbs. I really, truly believe most orbs are dust or something like that, right? But 
these were kind of an anomalous orb. So I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that as listeners. Do you think these are spirits or do we think it's dust? I tend to think it might be dust, but it's still interesting. And that's why I want everybody else's opinion on what do you think this is? I agree. I'd be so interested to see what everyone else thinks. I mean, I've looked at the video. A lot of it seems to be dust. Some of them do look kind of strange. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you can find it. It's linked right on our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. Go comment and let us know what you think. Um, I'll have that video up for you guys. All right, so the next thing that we did, you know, we're getting a little bit of activity here and there, and we decided to kind of challenge each other to a couple different things. So the first thing that we did is we did an attic challenge where me and Lindsay both took turns, and I think we spent like three minutes in the attic. Yeah. Each by ourselves while everybody was waiting outside. And, you know, I didn't experience anything during the attic challenge. In fact, I felt relatively comfortable. I did too. I didn't really feel like there was anything in there with me. I did have like a a light, you know, I didn't have the whole room lit up, but I had a light with me which helped. I'm not going to sit there in the pitch black. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, but we did sit in the pitch black in the closet. So this is true. Then we moved on and we were like, okay, no activity in the attic by ourselves. Let's go into that little kid's closet. That's supposed to have that door open and close on its own. And so I think Jenny went first, our older sister, she decided to do it. So it was Me, Jenny, and you, Lindsay, all took five minutes in the closet in the pitch black. We did bring a K2 meter with us. And meanwhile, our mom and friends, Melissa and Megan, are like, "Uh, yeah, you guys are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you're doing this. I was surprised that you agreed to do the closet. I really didn't think you were going to. I had, like, you know, we had some wine with us. So that assisted me quite a bit. Some liquid courage. I had a little bit of liquid courage. It made a big difference. No doubt. And so we did We did go full lights out in the closet, and we did bring in a K2 meter. I got no hits, but you did get some hits. I remember hearing you from outside. I was outside the closet while you're in there, and you were like, it's going off. Yes. So I I turned the lights off. I, I was sitting in that closet, and... I kind of felt like, you know, like, let's say there is a ghost. It's probably these little kids. And I feel pretty confident it's not like some demon child ghost because, I mean, there really are reports of kids haunting this place. We know children died there, which is tragic. But I kind of felt a little safer. In the attic, there is no way I would have turned the lights off in the attic by myself. Absolutely no chance. So... I went ahead and turned it off and within a few minutes I had that K2 meter going off and it was it was just crazy and what was funny is I could hear you guys outside the door saying are you still in there like what the heck are you doing I'm like it's going off it's little kids you know (laughs) responding so very interesting and I was asking questions like give me a sign if you're here it seemed to be responding to some of my questions interesting That is interesting that you had that because I didn't have any of that happen when I was in the closet. So it was definitely responding to you, I think, for whatever reason. Maybe the questions that you asked or something, you know, kind of triggered it. Maybe. Or you stirred it up. 
before oh, I got in there because you went first. That is possible. Now, the next thing that we did, and we actually, we debated this for a while. Our friend Melissa had brought up the idea of a Ouija board, and I immediately thought, oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. Like, we can ask questions. We can ask, like, who's the killer? What's your name? You know what I mean? And I'm hoping right. we can get some kind of response to that, right? And so I was on board with it. Most people were, I think, but it still was a debate. Like, do we really want to open ourselves up to a Ouija board situation? I mean, there are people that have had like really scary encounters with Ouija boards. And this isn't just like at your house. This is at the Velisca Axe Murder House. Right. So it's like next level. It's like we've leveled up now. We've brought in a Ouija board to the situation. Yeah. You know, I will say it, it was probably really stupid. You know, like I do think Ouija boards can be dangerous, right? And yeah, I know I every all of you guys listening right now are probably going, no, you did not bring that, <laughs> right? I am sure of it. But, and I was hesitant to do it. I was kind of the one that was like, should we? Should we really bring a Ouija board? It sounds like we are just really crazy if we do that. But we, we did. We did. And I mean, it was interesting. We definitely got some stuff happening with that Ouija board. And here's what I'll say. Our mom was with us. She's never done a Ouija board before, ever. When we were kids, we used to do it. But she was raised that you do not mess with Ouija boards. But she was down to to try it here. And so, you know, it took a few minutes, like us just asking questions. But it really did not take long. And it almost immediately started moving around and our mom was shocked. She was like, um, is this for real? Who's pushing this thing? That's what everybody accuses everybody of when you're playing with a Ouija board. Right. But I mean, I felt in our circle of trust, nobody was pushing that. Nobody in our group would have pushed that and made something up. I don't think so. I'd be shocked. Well, and there was a couple of things that happened that I don't think anybody in our group could have you know made up like sometimes it was spelling out nonsense right but one thing we think happened is we're pretty sure we might have been talking to the killer Uh, I did not sense that we were having any little kids or parents showing up in this Ouija board session in fact like it started spelling out the word axe at one point It was the killer, I'm pretty sure, because I think we even asked that question, are you the killer? It said yes numerous times throughout the night. We started out in the main living room with the Ouija board. And the other thing that it started doing was it was going back and forth on the board, back from like the letter Z to the letter N, the letter Z to the letter, letter N. And it just kept doing this back and forth to the point where I was like, maybe we should Google this. Like, what is this? And, you know, none of it made sense in that moment. I wasn't able to find anything, right? Eventually, we moved the Ouija board upstairs. You know, we're getting some responses. We're asking questions. Like, I literally had our friend pull up the list of suspects. And we were like, are you this person right are you this person because we want to know most of the time it would go to no right now there was a couple instances like one time I think we asked it what is the name of the killer and I think it gave us RM 
mm-hmm. which could be one of the suspects who I think was a local businessman, Roger Moore, when we asked if it was the pastor, um, Kelly, who did it, who was the prime suspect, who was actually put on trial and acquitted, it kind of like refused to answer. So for a lot of the other suspect names that we would throw out, I would go to no. But then when we asked that name in particular, it just kind of like hovered in the middle and didn't do anything for that one, which I thought was interesting. And the other thing that was really creepy to me anyways is, you know, we talk in episode three about how they think whoever the killer was actually got on the train early the next morning, killed the family, left the house, got on the train that's just outside of town. And while we're sitting up there doing this Ouija board session, Lindsay, the train, we could hear it, right, in the background, Mm -hmm. very loud. And I remember I specifically asked, did you get on that train after you murdered this family? And it said, yes. Ugh very scary we really worked hard to try to solve this mystery and felt like we were probably talking to the murderer um but at the end of the day i kind of felt like we were we weren't really getting any like any consistent answers nothing like that that i could say definitively we have an answer for who killed this family now here's what i will say the one thing that was consistent was that in the both the living room and the attic, when it wasn't doing anything in particular, we hadn't asked a question, it kept going back between the letters N and Z, N and Z, over and over again. We were like, what is this again? So I did some research, and here's what I found. And this is terrifying, okay? So apparently there is a demon out there that typically goes through Ouija boards. That's how it's known to communicate. And it is called the Zozo demon. And this demon makes what they refer to as like a rainbow motion, spelling out Z and O, Z and O over and over again on the Ouija board. And When I found that, I immediately was like, oh my God, I think this is what we experienced. Because the N is right next to the O, right? And it was literally doing just like a rainbow motion, just like how it is described in the stories about this thing. Yes, and this is, I have chills even thinking about it. So... This is even us having no idea about this. This right. Zozo demon thing that supposedly comes through Ouija boards, which is another reason we never should have brought that Ouija board, Lisa. Oh, I know. I know. Super scary. But anyways, I, I feel fine, but I, I'm I'm a little freaked out by it once I found out that Zozo thing. It, it, it does freak me out a little bit. But my theory, though, too, is like show no fear I feel like they feed off that and I think in the moment we weren't really scared of it it was probably thinking like don't they know who I am and it keeps doing it over and over and over again right (laughs) but the other thing I suspected I had heard this and I wasn't able to confirm it but supposedly so you know we had kind of started asking it questions and it kept doing that thing that NZNZ which we think now was Zozo 
And, you know, our friend Megan started asking questions like, are you of this earth? Have you ever been a person? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it was indicating that it had never been a person, which also falls in line with the Zozo thing. And she immediately like stepped away from the board and was like, I think it's a demon. I will say that when when she asked and it had said that it had never been a person like living on this earth, we all took our hands off the board. And, you know, one thing... I was looking at and I don't know exactly what the statement was but I feel like I had heard so the pastor named Kelly who is the prime suspect did sign his confession and supposedly he had mentioned to people that there was like a demon or something that had told him to pick up the axe and murder this family and so in that moment Lindsay you know what I thought I thought maybe this is because it was indicating it was the killer though too and I thought well maybe this is the demon that influenced that pastor to pick up that axe and so it's claiming to be the killer but it's also the demon that's a great theory I think that uh it's definitely a possibility it's interesting but it was scary to think about and honestly so just for our listeners right now me and Lindsay are talking over zoom and she is in she's on video and she's in our parents office right now and we've been talking about this and the entire time we've been talking about this the light behind her has been like slowly going in and yes it's freaking me out it's just totally uh got me on edge but you know the whole demon talk gets me terrified you know right regardless it's it, you know it just gets me all nervous and scared and so I'm sure the light thing it's just my computer video picking up on something so we do this whole Ouija board thing we finally decide okay I feel like we've had enough of this we go back downstairs we're all just kind of hanging out we actually brought the dog that lights up if somebody touches it or comes really close to it and we put that in the room that's downstairs where the two neighbor girls were murdered um so we could kind of hear it if if it goes off and that kind of thing and we had decided and it's getting late now it's probably like 2 a.m or or something like that it was after two i think yeah And we decide, you know what, sometimes ghosts come out and start doing things when you're not expecting it, when you're just kind of chilling out. And we decide, okay, let's play a game. So we decided to play Uno, (laughs) sitting around the Velisca Hex murder house. And the other thing we did, because this happened, you know, I think it was like 1912 or something Mm -hmm. like that. We decided to play music from the decade of 1910s. And we thought, maybe this will stir it up. Yes, we did have a lull on the K2 meters. You know, we weren't getting anything. You know, we had been playing Uno for a little bit, nothing. And I thought, you know what? Well, first off, Megan was playing Beyonce. She had introduced the spirits to Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) So that was fun. And then I decided to um, pull up my um, Spotify and play some music from the era of when they would have been alive to see if maybe it would get them active. And I will say, I think it worked. I think so too. Because not long after we started playing the 1910s music, all the meters started going off. The K2 meter started responding. The EMF detector started responding. Um, And then 
the dog started lighting up on its own. We did get video of this, so when it was in the downstairs room, I unfortunately did not set up a camera. I regret that. We should have set up a camera on it all night long, but we didn't. But as soon as it started going off, we immediately started taking video with our phones. So when you see the video that's gonna be on YouTube, there's no preface to it, but know that that dog was sitting in that room for several hours by itself, nothing happening, and then all of a sudden it starts lighting up on its own, which is impossible unless something was interfering with it. Exactly, something must have either been touching it, it's kind of like a REM pod, if you're a ghost hunter and you have any familiarity with that, you'd have to come up and actually physically touch it or be extremely close to it. And in one of the videos, you can kind of hear our friend Megan talking in the background like, hey, maybe it's that power cord behind it. They do have one power strip that you can access. That's the only electricity in the house. She's like, hey, that power strip is somewhat near it. Maybe that's setting it off. But remember, it does not pick up on electromagnetic fields. It only picks up on touch or something being very close. That's right. So that was really cool. I was going to be so disappointed if that dog didn't go off. Like we thought it was the coolest idea ever and it did. And what's crazy is like it didn't just like beep once. It was like beep, 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 beep. Like somebody was clearly, you know, interacting with that dog. No doubt about it. Something was interacting. Something was clearly walked up to it was interacting with it and it then eventually stopped yeah which is crazy I mean I'm still kind of mind blown about it honestly and all the activity that we had on all of the meters there so eventually you know it kind of dies down we decide okay it's really late now I don't even know what time and we decided to go to bed so most people slept in the main living room Me and Lindsay kind of challenged each other and decided, let's sleep in the bedrooms upstairs. (laughs) I still can't believe we did that. I know. I slept in the little kids' room upstairs, and then Lindsay slept um, in the parents' room, and then our other sister actually slept in the attic, which is super creepy, but also there's no airflow there. Like, there's actually air conditioning units in this house, but the attic has none of it, so I don't know how she did that. Yeah, they have two window units, one upstairs and one downstairs, so it really can make it a lot more comfortable, especially in the summertime, but I I slept great. I didn't have anything happen (laughs) that I know of all night. I mean, I, I went to sleep just fine. I was pretty tired. It was super late at night. But our friend Melissa, tell, tell them what happened with Melissa, because I think this is hilarious. So, of course, you know, downstairs, Melissa's sleeping on a cot, and she couldn't fall asleep, whereas, like, I fell asleep. Keep in mind, you cannot sleep on the beds, right? I think we mentioned this in the first episode we did on this place, and um, so, of course, we brought sleeping bags and, like, a little sleeping pad um, so we could... So, I was sleeping on the ground next to the parents' bed, very creepy, um, because the attic door was, like, right there where the killer would have exited, likely, and, and bludgeoned them, but... So Melissa is sleeping on the cot in the ground floor living room. She goes, the sun is starting to come up. She hadn't slept all night apparently. And she goes, oh, thank goodness. The sun's coming up. I can finally go to sleep. And like right after she said that, the EMF detector went beep, 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 beep. It was basically like, no, you can't. We're still here. Don't go to bed yet. 
Because she was the only one, I think, that didn't sleep. Everybody else was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I had to crash. I was I was tired, and then I woke up and was like, oh, wow, I didn't get disturbed by any spirits, um, at least in the middle of the night. Yeah, I know. My thing is, though, I can sleep through anything, so I wonder if anything happened. You know what I mean? And I just slept right through it. I wish we had a camera set up, like, on all of us the whole night. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, You know, here's the thing with us, though. You know, we are people who seek an adventure. We like to go on our vacations and find haunted hotels to stay in, right, whenever we can. But we're not really like a ghost hunter. We're, we're not professionals. We, uh, It's a lot of footage to go through if you set up tons of cameras, you know. And yeah. We're not professional ghost hunters by any stretch. We're really amateurs that just enjoy it and uh, have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say this, it was a great experience. Our, our mom afterwards was even saying that was the most haunted place she thinks she's ever been to. I think it was probably some of the most activity we've seen. We're, we do have one other hotel that we've kind of been saving for Halloween time, which is coming up here pretty soon that I've experienced more activity in to a degree, depending on what your definition of activity is, I suppose. But it's, I mean, if you go there, you could really catch something because we also were not provoking anything, right? Like the people that were there the week before us, like we're not yelling at the killer or anything like that. Like we're trying to be respectful, but also, you know, entice some activity at the same time. And I mean, it was a great experience. I had a ton of fun. I would say so far, I think it's really been the highlight of our summer. It was it was really uh, an, an adventure. It was interesting. I've never done anything quite like that. Um, if you guys want to book it, I think you can just you can Google Velisca Axbird or House and find their official website. They've got a calendar up there for you know the dates that are open. Their price is listed there on the website for the overnight tours. We even talked about that um, back on episode three. If you're interested in the booking details, um, and you basically just call the owner and you book an evening, but check that calendar in advance to make sure that the date is open if you plan on doing the overnight. And then they also have daytime tours that you can go do. So if you're ever in the area worth looking into, I um, it was fascinating and we had a really good time. Yes, absolutely. And I hope all of you enjoyed hearing about our adventure. It was a ton of fun. I think next time you're in town, Lindsay, we're going to have to make a little road trip to the Sally house. I think that's going to be another stop that we're going to have to make one of these days. Not this year, but, you know, in the future. Yeah. So next week, stay tuned for more of a regular style episode. But you can also make sure to check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook instagram twitter and youtube in this case we will have a a short video that you can go watch to see some of the evidence that we collected log in there subscribe and comment on the video and let us know what you think about the orbs Um, also if you're enjoying the show make sure to give us five stars and to leave us a good review Uh, it makes a ton of difference for us and helps us grow our listener base thank you guys so much for listening and have a great week stay healthy and safe everybody